Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Adriel Wiggins. Yes, Adriel's <laughs> a repeat guest. Yes, she so, is. Yeah, she's our PA for the podcast and your PA just mm-hmm. in life. And she's yeah. done some work for me, you know, some freelance stuff for me too. So it was a great interview. Yeah, um, yeah. She's got a um, workshop coming up and we yes. talk about that. And she wanted us to mention in the podcast, we talk about she's setting up this uh, course. She's going to have a course in a book about helping people prepare so that like when things like 2020 happen, mm-hmm. your life doesn't fall apart and right, it's called weathering right. the storm. And I was like, yes. yeah, that sounds very appropriate for yes. 2021. <laughs> yes. yeah. So, so, yeah. yeah so, and so she has a discount, right? For, for yeah. our listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if um, they go to the workshop, which is coming up, if you've listened to the podcast, you just, if you just mention that you heard about it on the wish I know them podcast, you can get um, some extra down an extra download bonus and we'll oh, have the great. link for that in the show notes. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. So what's been going on with you this week? Uh, well, this week we found out that um, I actually, I finished the first draft of book seven for the all of series, which is wow, just like a huge relief. You know, I know there's a lot of work and I always feel like, you know, like the book has all these threads going throughout it and the closer I get to the ending, like the looser and looser the threads get, <laughs> like they're all yeah. just kind of all over there. And some of them, you know, I totally dropped and have to go back and tighten them up. And so there's work needed, but to me, it's just a relief to get that first yes. draft done. Yeah. And so today I went in and was doing um, like one character. I was like, Oh, Mr. Culpepper. Right. I think I need to mention him. And I went and looked and he was mentioned a couple of times up until chapter 12. And then not again until chapter 29. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I better kind of fix that, yeah, patch yeah. that up. But yeah. um, so I'm working on that. And then um, uh, we found out that our daughter who lives in Austin, her apartment, uh, they're going to have to totally shut the building down to do the repairs. And so her lease has been terminated and she's got to find a new place to stay. So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to be doing the next couple of days is, yeah. Moving and but she had insurance. So yeah, that's good. They will cover. I did not know this that renter's insurance, if your lease gets terminated due to water damage, then they will cover, you know, moving expenses. So right. that's good. That's good reason to have renter's insurance. Yeah. So so just a little little crazy, but other than that, we're good. What about you? Uh well, I have been writing and I know people are sick of me because I've <laughs> talked about it in the group and then a couple of other places, but I watched Becca Symes um, episode on the quick cast. Why can't I keep my deadlines or why can't I meet my, deadlines, my deadlines or something? Meet yeah. my deadlines. And uh, you know, that's been my problem pretty much from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And thankfully, you know, my editor is nice and, works me in and I mean it's just bad and so I watched it and it was so telling and I just had never really considered like I've heard get up and what you know don't look at your phone before you write or whatever but I'd never really heard what 
a good enough reason why to not do that, I guess. But mm-hmm. when she said it, it just resonated with me that mm-hmm. I start taking in information and I can't, mm-hmm. then everything gets muddy and I can't stop that to go right. So yeah. the last three days, <laughs> so three days is all it's been, but three days I've woken up, uh, you know, Around seven. Um, what the first morning I woke up at like five fifty, but that's just because I can't sleep. But <laughs> I woke up around six thirty, and so I get up, I get my coffee, when and then I go straight to my computer. I don't pick up my phone. I don't get on the internet. I well, I get on the internet p- to pull up YouTube to listen to some concentration music. Yeah, to pull up my tomato timer and <laughs> then. Um, to a calculator so that I can calculate how many words words I've written and that's all. And then I start writing and I do uh, 25 minute sprints and you know, I can write right now. Um, I'm writing about 580 words every 25 minutes. So that's great. That's awesome. So I'm done with my 2000 words, which is what I've set for myself because right now I think that's reasonable mm-hmm. and I'm an all or nothing person. And so my tendency would be, well, if I could do 2000, I could do 4,000 and then, (laughs) and then I burn out and I get, so I'm not, I'm just sticking to my right around 2000 words. Mm -hmm. And then when I finish, I put it in my pacemaker Mm -hmm. and then I go walk. And then by noon for the last three days, except, well, except for today, because we did the podcast. um, I am done with all the, have to task, you know, right. have to write, I have to exercise mm-hmm. and it's been great. And so, you yeah. know, I don't know, I'm hoping that I can continue. Um, I'm not a write every day person, so I don't really know how that's going to work, but mm-hmm. right now I feel pretty good about it. So mm-hmm. everybody yeah. should check that out. We'll put it, we'll put yeah. the link in the show note because it's a great, it's just, I mean, I'll, I think all of Becca's stuff is great and I'll, I think all of her quick cast stuff is great, mm-hmm. but, um, this one is to me, it just spoke really to good. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's so important. And that's one reason I like dictation because I'm yeah. like when on the days that I write, I've gotten to where I sit down, I make some notes about what I'm going to talk about, you know, I'm gonna, the scene and then I get my little handheld recorder and I do that first. And so I don't even open my computer. And yeah. you know, cause once you open your computer, you open like, it, oh, yeah. I'll just go glance at the email yeah. and then I'm down a rabbit hole, you know? So that's one. I think that's a great system. And yeah, and and do you feel just like accomplished? You yeah. Have I feel very accomplished. And let me tell you, I haven't missed a thing. You know, my yeah. excuse has always been, well, my kids might need me. But, you know, there's another parent in the house with a phone and he actually, you know, he has can handle it. it. He can handle it. Or <laughs> if he needs to get me, he can get me. But yeah. Um, I, yeah. I do. I feel very accomplished, but I will tell you this, like around two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I, the last two days I have been anxious because I didn't have anything to be anxious about. Now oh that's, <laughs> I'm going to therapy. Y'all don't worry. That's like, but, that's like uh, a first yeah. world problem. Oh yeah. Such <laughs> a personal problem. But anyway, it feels good. And I feel like, you know, even if I don't stick to it, which, you know, I, I need to finish this book. So I'm hoping that, you know, for the next, four weeks I can finish, you know, I mean, Mm. I can stick to it. Um, I know a solution, whether I choose to use it or not, Mm. I know a solution because this has worked Mm. and the words aren't horrible. They're not great, Mm -hmm. but they're not horrible. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if I get to an end of a chapter and I'm not sure I'm going next, I just, you know, I'll stop and I take a few minutes and I think about, and then I just keep writing. And it's awesome. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. 
But right. uh, yeah, so let's get to the interview because Adriel has some really great things to say. Yes. So here's Adriel. Today we have a return guest, Adriel Wiggins. Hi, Adriel. How are you? Hello. Hey. I'm really good today. How are you all? We're really good. <laughs> So we're excited to talk to you. Um, we've talked to you before about being a VA, a virtual assistant for authors, but today we're going to talk about something different. So let me read your bio in case people aren't familiar with you, and then we'll jump into the questions. Adrielle Wiggins has lived her life in pursuit of learning new things. This insatiable curiosity has led her to being a virtual assistant and continuity editor for independent authors. Long before she was an adult, she had much practice in the art of being a right-hand woman. She loves putting out fires and clearing mundane routine tasks so that authors can focus on the important work. And I'm so happy that you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's yes. quite a few people who are really happy I do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this whole idea of putting out fires and um, things like that, you, you've come up with a course called Weathering the Storm. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Well, tell us what that's about. Well, um, this all started because every year I do, I apply to do a TED style talk at Superstars Writing Seminars. And while the conference happens in February each year, um, the process to apply begins in June. Mm -hmm. So in June of 2020, I was doing a casual poll of authors asking them what they would like to hear me speak on that I hadn't already presented on. Mm -hmm. And several of them mentioned some aspect of organization. And I was <laughs> really confused because like there are a million books on organizations. So why would you want me to give a 15 minute talk on organization? <laughs> right. And um, when I was talking to my best friend about it, she was like, yes, but not just any organization. She was like, you need to talk about how to organize your whole life. Mm. And I was like, at first I, I was like, what do you mean? There's a book on your kitchen and there's a book on your office and there's a book on. Yeah. And, and then I realized what she was really talking about was more in the lines of life coaching. Mm -hmm. um, and she and I had started out with that kind of relationship mm -hmm. that we, we talked about overall structure of your life, like your life architecture and how you build your life intentionally for a desired result. Mm -hmm. And so um, that is something that I started for myself in my teens that I, I very much came to some realizations and, and laid out a plan for the whole rest of my life. And well, it's not perfect because mm -hmm. plenty of things happen, but I'm still pretty much on course and, and sticking with that. And she said, that should be what you really, really should teach on. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided to put it together um, and I had, you know, an outline in like five minutes and then that sort of exploded. So <laughs> I was talking with the owner of totallynovel.com about it. And she was like, well, would you do a blog series on that? And I said, okay. <laughs> she goes, and a workshop? And I said, okay. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah. then the next thing I know, it's going to be a course and it's going to be a book. And I don't mm -hmm. even know what else at this point, but that's that's the current plan. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So what assumptions did you make when you began the process? And looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Um, well, you know, two decades ago, when I first began intentionally organizing my life, I had all kinds of dreams about 
someday, that someday everything would be perfect and I would have no more troubles or problems or (laughs) drama or a crazy family, that I wouldn't make any more mistakes or mess up or stumble or have imposter syndrome. Right, sure. Someday I would be living this ideally perfect life. But um, the more I learn and the more I grow, the more I realize that that is the most unrealistic expectation ever, (laughs) that life is going to throw storms at all of us, all of us at random times, it seems like sometimes. And sometimes those are little literal storms, like when my kids got hit by lightning. (laughs) And sometimes they're more metaphysical, like when a bomb killed my brother in Afghanistan. And sometimes they're more spiritual, like the night that I just laid out flat on the floor sobbing to God just to tell me, hey, please tell me it's going to be okay, that I'm going to live through this, you know. Mm -hmm. But whatever form they take, there will be storms in life. Mm -hmm. And we'll never be able to really live life trial free. So Mm -hmm. then the real question becomes, and what I wish I'd asked myself sooner was, how do we deal with the storms when they do come so that when they come, we, we can make it through the other side without being completely torn up, right. you know? Right. So I, I wish I'd let go of that expectation of perfection mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot earlier. Yeah. I think we yeah. all have that though, right? No, I mean, yeah. It's like you're waiting for that perfect time to do X, write mm-hmm. a book or you know, start that second career, whatever. But yeah, that's a huge realization when you go, okay, it's not going to get, there's not going to be the perfect time. Right. Right. Like people who say, we're going to wait to have kids until we are debt free or whatever we have money for them. And I'm like, (laughs) you are never going to have enough money for kids. (laughs) Never, never, (laughs) never, never. If you want kids, just go ahead and have them now. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, and you know, I mean, the last 11 months have have been a storm of epic proportion. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that was lended toward why I decided to do weathering the storm was because Mm -hmm. I mean, it was June of 2020 and everything was falling apart, like Mm -hmm. on lots of different levels. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, okay, well, I know how I handle this. Maybe I should teach other people how to handle this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because some of us haven't handled it as well as others. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. So have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? So, yes, I get to tell you the story of the failed business. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My... My husband and I have always been entrepreneur-ish, and he very much chose a career that is a career that you get an education, you get certified, and then you climb the ladder in a corporation. But even even with that, he was also very much interested in um, being able to have his own business, being able to do something he really loved, something he was really passionate about. And of course, I was always that way. So that manifested for me in like a billion to 99 jobs and working four or five jobs at any given time. And um, I was never bored because I was always doing so many different things. Um, but one day he came home and he said, I have the best idea ever. And I said, okay, I'm the idea person. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> let's, let's hear your idea. And he decided that he wanted to start Wiggins Wheels, and it was going to be a supercar rental business. And let me tell you, 
that is a very good and profitable business on the coasts where millions of people live. The only one in the middle of the country is in Chicago, which also has millions of people living it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we thought, well, you know, since the southern central part of the country has doesn't have one, we will become that one. And Arkansas, especially northwest Arkansas, is pretty centrally located. You can uh, get to like 10 different states within six hours of us, right? So we, we thought that would be good location to set up a supercar rental business. And the idea is you rent a car for a whole week and then you really just get to go explore what this really awesome engine and great handling can do, right? Mm. And we did everything right. Please see that I am putting quotation marks <laughs> around the words right. Um, and we made all kinds of business contacts, not only in Northwest Arkansas, but um, in the car world at large. Um, we got to know every other supercar dealership. We got to know so many people. We we worked really hard for a year and a half. And we were days from opening our shop, as in I was already cleaning to prep for paint. And we were planning on driving up to um, somewhere in Missouri, I don't remember anymore, um, to pick up our first car, like within a couple days. And um, that's when the city decided to change their zoning laws. And originally, the spot we had was perfect until they decided that they wanted to have a zone that was specifically for car related businesses and nothing else. Because apparently the city had too many used car businesses everywhere. Uh -huh. So they, this was a, a move to get rid of some of those. Um, and I'm really, truly, the city had like dozens of little tiny crappy shops to be perfectly op obvious. They were, there was, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> um, so we understood that, but then all of a sudden our, our business is no longer in the zone. And because we hadn't opened yet, we did not get grandfathered in. Mm. So we spent another six months looking for a different location um, within that city and also the surrounding cities. And um, we never could find anything else that was going to be in our budget. We found other places that would work for the business, but not in the business's budget. I mean, like, yeah, we would have been in debt instantly, pretty badly. So eventually we decided not to open. Uh, the problem with that is all the money we already spent to open. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before that, we had been working pretty steadily. We were Dave Ramsey-ish. Mm -hmm. Like we were on our way to being debt-free, but we weren't really gazelle intense. And we were definitely on our, you know, pretty good financially, but we still had one student loan that was holding on. Mm -hmm. And I think we had like a year left on a car loan. Um, and then all of a sudden we had over $150,000 in debt oh, wow. that we hadn't had before. And we kind of panicked a little bit. Um, As you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When you care about being, being debt-free, all of a sudden having that yeah. much debt is a little alarming. Yeah. Anyway, so we took a trip to Seattle um, because his cousin was getting married. Um, 
And we're direct flight people. We'd rather drive four hours to take a direct flight rather than fly out of our airport and then have a layover somewhere. So we borrowed my parents' um, Financial Peace University and we drove to Kansas City and we listened all the way there. Didn't really talk to each other. We just listened all the way there. (laughs) Then we flew to Seattle and um, that's when we talked. And then we did the touristy stuff and we did the family stuff and we did the wedding stuff and all that. But then every night we'd go back to our hotel room and we sat down and we plotted. We're like, let's take it back to the beginning from when we were engaged and we planned out our marriage and we planned out our life and we planned out all sorts of things. Um, Because we had a really awesome marriage counselor who made us talk about all the really tough subjects and make decisions Mm -hmm. before we got married. Anyway, so we took it all the way back to that and we made a plan. And um, when we came back... um, he was working at Tyson and I was working at Ozark Regional Transit, I think, maybe. Yeah, I was at that point. Um, and within three months, we suddenly had six jobs between the two of us. So we went from two to six pretty quickly. And we became gazelle intense and we stopped being Dave Ramsey-ish and became <laughs> very much uh, focused and really started working really, really hard. Um, and the end result is that is, you know, we got our kids on board. We, we, I had a big mirror that I created a skyscraper with a bunch of little tiny blocks. And, um, every time we paid off another thousand dollars, one of those blocks got filled in and, uh, the, it was a skyscraper because we wanted to go to New York to visit his brother um, when we finally became debt free. So that was that was our goal. It was in our living room. We were always looking at that and working toward it and saying, no, we're not going to go to the fair this summer because we want to be debt free. When we're debt free, we'll take you to the fair. Um, things like that. And at first, the kids did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> they got used to it pretty quickly. Um, but then finally in September of 2019, so after five or four and a half years, five years, um, we sold our house and we paid off all the remaining debt except for the mortgage on the new house. And um, because we had accomplished all of that and had our emergency fund filled, when 2020 hit, it wasn't nearly as bad for us as it could have been. Right. I'm not saying that we wouldn't have survived 2020 if we still had debt mm-hmm. because we were focused and we had a plan and we were working on it. But right. it was also really relieving to look around and be able to see who we could help and that we could help them because yes. we were financially secure when a mm-hmm. lot of our friends, um, small local businesses were closing down, we were able to really help a lot of them and uh, help keep them going because we had finally gotten to a place that we were stable. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a huge blessing that we got to have in 2020. Yeah, that's a, that's huge when you get to do that. I think that's the best part of having, being in a position like you're talking about, because, you know, there's just nothing better than help being able to help people. Um, especially because like for us, we have been helped in the past, you know, when Mm -hmm. our kids were little and stuff. And uh, so to be able to turn around and do that, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. So So is that all part of the weathering the storm thing? Just sort of getting your financial house in order? Yeah. 
uh, yeah, it's all, it's really, truly only one small part of it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It, it is definitely part of it because when you are financially free, you have a lot more um, ability and mobility to, mm-hmm. to handle a really bad situation. You right. Know? Yeah. right. Right. That's great. Yeah. Well, so if there's um, writers that like they're looking back at 2020 and thinking, wow, I don't want to go through that again. Would that be one of the first things you would recommend is that they um, pay off debt and like create a plan to. Yeah. It's not the first thing. There are some other steps before that, but it is definitely one of the key components. If, if you can get either completely debt free or as close to it as possible, like, man, all we have now is the mortgage and we're paying extra on that every month so that we, it, it will not be the full term of the loan. You know, we will mm-hmm. have it paid off mm-hmm. several years before. Um, but if you can get there, then it's okay if you have a month that you only sell two books, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully you sell more than that, but <laughs> we want you to succeed and sell more that, but, than that. But right. if you have a slow month or a bad release, it's okay if mm-hmm. you're already at a place financially that you're not living paycheck to paycheck. It's living paycheck to paycheck that's hard and exhausting and frightening mm-hmm. and yeah. really wears you down. It wears you down. Yeah. That's it wears you down. Yeah. 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 Well, what about the opposite? Have you ever had um, what you thought was just like such a wonderful idea and then it turned out to be not so great? Other other than the Wiggins wheels. I was going to say, other than Wiggins wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that was my husband's brilliant idea. I was just supporting him. <laughs> um, so I, I would say that, uh, Trying my second and third multi-level marketing businesses were not good ideas. <laughs> so I'm not cut out for direct sales. Um, I, I learned that with my first MLM before we ever had our first kid. I mean, like way back at the beginning of our marriage when we were really working to get out of debt the first time. <laughs> um, and it was really just the two of us and we were both working like 90 hours a week or whatever. Um, back then, I, I, I just... Uh, I'm much better at service than retail. Let's just leave it there. But um, when, so when this after Wiggins wheels and we all start, we started a bunch more jobs again um, that included an MLM and then another one shortly afterwards. But um, I was stubborn (laughs) and I was hopeful (laughs) that the second or the third one would work much better than the first. Um, Because I mean, one of my, primary goals has always been to be a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. to always be able to teach at uh, Fayetteville Christian School without worrying about our finances. Um, teachers at FCS are 100% volunteer. Mm. Um, it is very much a ministry of our church and a way to reach our community. And and you're there teaching because you want to teach. Um, mm-hmm. And that's definitely true of Keith and I. Um the, the problem is that you have to be able to have some kind of income to survive it. So a lot of our teachers do MLMs or they have a side business or, you know, whatever. Um, so now that's being a VA for me. But back then, I, I, I thought the MLMs were the answer and they really uh, weren't. For you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were not yeah. the right one for me. They work really right. well for other teachers. Right. Um, right. But despite that, every time I was at one of them, Mm-hmm. I learned all kinds of valuable lessons. Um, I 
I learned how to serve people better, even more than when I was in the service industry back when I did restaurants and hotels and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, which is really odd that, (laughs) but it does. Um, And also a a big focus of MLMs is personal growth, that the Mm -hmm. more you grow, the better your business does, the more your business grows. So there was lots of personal one-on-one, this is how you grow. And also classes and stuff, but those are those are part of the MLM culture, mm-hmm. and each of them came about at a time that I really needed them. That, that I would I got gotten to a level and I got stuck, mm-hmm. and so I needed in order to get to the next level, I needed a push. I needed something to help me grow, and so I appreciate that all of them helped me get to those next levels and that they taught me valuable lessons. But I'm also never going to try an MLM again. I'm yeah. definitely. <laughs> Um, I'm going to stick with service. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you said something important at the beginning of that, that, um, that I think, especially this year for some people, I've heard this, you know, that you, the first time you got out of debt, like there Mm -hmm. throughout our adult lives, there may be many times that we get out of debt. You know, we get out of debt, we stay out of debt, and then we have to go back into debt for whatever reason. Um, and and that's not just financially. That's got could be many areas of your many, life. Many, many, many areas. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so I think that when that happens, though, when when we have a setback like you're talking about of anything, any kind, emotionally, professionally, financially, that we think, oh, we failed, and we get kind of stuck in that place. And I think yeah. weathering the storm is how you're you're talking about how to get beyond that place. Is that right. correct? Right. Yeah. It's it's how to get unstuck. Um, but also how to prepare for the next one mm-hmm. so that when the next one comes and the next time you fail, mm-hmm. um, that the failure is not so bad yeah. that it, it, it doesn't feel like you're completely starting over when you do yeah. start over. Yeah. It yeah. takes less time to lick your wounds. Yes. Get back up and yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, what do you wish you'd known about yourself when you were younger though? I wish I'd more fully understood, um, not what my weaknesses were necessarily, because I mm-hmm. understood a lot of them, mm-hmm. but how to structure things to work around them so that yeah. they weren't constantly throwing roadblocks in my way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights this week. Mm-hmm. And basically his book is all about, okay, so you got stopped at the red light or you got mm-hmm. stopped caught by a yellow light. Now take that time to pause and moment and for a moment and evaluate why you got stopped, why you got stuck, why you couldn't move forward anymore so that you miss whatever the obstacle was and you get to sail through the green light the next time, right? Incredible analogy, incredible book. Definitely go listen to it or read it. Um, But I wasn't at the beginning, I wasn't very good at that. I I knew what my weaknesses were, but I wasn't setting things up to avoid them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was like I was intentionally hitting those potholes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, I one of the, the big ones is that I have a tendency to bite off too much. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm aware of that and I'm thinking about that, I, I can moderate it and go, no, I'm sorry. I just can't take that on. I'm sorry. Right. I, my, I'm, I'm full right now. Mm-hmm. I, that sounds really good. And I might be interested in that in the future, but not right now. This is not mm-hmm. the right time. When I'm mm-hmm. aware of it, I can say no. Mm-hmm. When I'm not aware of it, when I'm not paying attention, when I'm not really keeping track of how much is actually on my plate, all of a sudden I'm overwhelmed and I can't breathe. And I'm like, 
-hmm. Why did I say yes to all of these things? Um, So, you know, I've learned how to put in uh, checkpoints, I guess would be the best way to say that, but Mm -hmm. little red flags that automatically pop up and say, okay, you're getting close to overwhelm. It's time to start saying no to things. Mm -hmm. Let's see what you can get rid of. Let's see what you can take off your plate so that I'm not completely buried and scattered and, you know, Mm-hmm. slip into depression because I have too much. Right. Um, so that, but that's really the major reason when I tell people, I'm sorry, I'm not taking on any more VA clients at this time. It's really truly because no matter how much money I'm making, whether or not I'm even making enough for the month, if I have too much on my plate, that mm-hmm. is one of the easiest things that I can say no to Yeah, is I have a client list right now that I really like all of them. There you go, Sarah. I really like you. <laughs> you too, Jamie. <laughs> um, and I really like working with them. And they like working with me. They're not going to treat me like trash like some people have in the past, you know. Yeah. And I know I'm going to get steady work. It, you know, might not be $5,000 a month or when I, whatever, but it's it's steady work. And I know it. And I can do a better job for all of those clients, if I'm not adding on 50 clients that are going to stress me out and Mm -hmm. not respect me and I don't like working with them and whatever else. So I, I probably, I'm at this point, I probably close my doors and say no more VA clients way more frequently than most VAs do. (laughs) But um, that is intentional because Mm -hmm. I know, I know that I can overwhelm myself and I, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important to understand like how you work best and how much you can do. And I feel like I'm still learning that about myself. Yeah. And as I'm learning more about, as I'm intention, more intentional about it, it's better for me to say, Mm -hmm. okay. And I mean, I'm one of those people that I like to please people. I'm a people pleaser. And so I don't ever want to say no. Mm -hmm. And I've had to start doing that recently too, where I've said, okay, this is, um, I, this is a great idea. I would love to be involved, but I just can't. Yeah. Don't have I'm very much a people pleaser too, which is part of the problem. Like, yeah. Sure. I can help you <laughs> <laughs> with all the things. Yeah. Right. All of it. Right. Yeah. Well, what about adversity? What do you wish you'd known about it? Um, I, I wish someone had tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> there is a reason life is hard, but sometimes that reason is because you made a stupid decision. <laughs> <laughs> There's different ways to phrase that, but um, I'd heard it plenty. I wish I'd kept it in the forefront of my mind earlier yeah. on. Yeah. Um, once I fully embodied that idea and began making decisions that would make my life easier um, and reduce the drama and reduce the exterior stressors and reduce, you know, internal stressors as well, um, rather than my life getting harder, a whole lot easier Mm -hmm. and a lot of the Mm -hmm. adversity melting it began melting away Mm -hmm. it didn't all go away it never will Mm -hmm. there there's still more than enough adversity that comes from sources other than my own stupidity Mm -hmm. but at least my own stupidity isn't constantly throwing up roadblocks every day now you know um once i eliminated that source it was a whole lot easier um to handle all the other adversity and all the other things that happen because, well, at least that source of adversity is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can focus on the challenges that will actually help me grow and become 
stronger and become better at who I am and what I do. Um, and it's a whole lot easier to take adversity from other sources and turn it into a challenge to make me better mm-hmm. when I'm not still stuck on what I've done to hurt yeah. myself, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's but. true. That's great. So what's your definition of success? So uh, back in 2014, after Wiggins Wheels died, um, one of, like I said, one of the things that we added on was an MLM. And <laughs> there was a day that I was in one of those trainings and they started talking about the perfect day exercise. And the perfect day exercise is one where you imagine your perfect day. Mm-hmm. When you wake up, how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, where are you living and working? What are you doing with your life? Just everything, ex- ex- the exact perfect, wonderful day that Mm -hmm. you wish you could live, right? Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I created one of those, of course. Um, And it it wasn't walks on the beach every day because (laughs) we don't have beaches in Arkansas. Um, And it it wasn't climbing a mountain all the time, even though we have mountains. Um, Like, it wasn't a lot of the things that a lot of people put on their perfect day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What it was, was teaching at FCS, Mm -hmm. having a business that I could do from anywhere, which Mm -hmm. at the time I thought was the MLM and really isn't. I like Mm -hmm. editing and proofing so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, Keith's parents were sick and I think that was about, no, my dad had been having the epileptic episodes for a couple of years at that point, but mm-hmm. our parents' health was going downhill. Yeah, yeah. Um, my grandparents were all about to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, actually, my grandmother already had, but my grandfather hadn't. Um, so, like, I wanted to be at a place where if I got a phone call, I could grab my bag with my computer in it, mm-hmm. say, this is the plan for dinner. I love you, honey. And then be gone for 24 hours and Keith and the kids would be okay because yeah. I was at the hospital taking care of the family. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was an actual goal that I had in that perfect day. It was more about getting to the place in life that when a storm came, specifically health of family members, I could handle it. Mm-hmm. And, and we would have the freedom and the flexibility to be able to roll with whatever happened. Yeah. Well, a couple weeks ago, um, we got just such a phone call mm. and I grabbed my bag and I left and um, yeah, things were already in place. The kids already knew what their house chores were. They knew what was on the dinner menu. They all knew how to cook what was on the dinner menu mm-hmm. for that night. Um, they knew who was supposed to be taking baths that night and who was supposed to be doing laundry. They already knew all that stuff. And Keith was just like, Okay, you, it's already taken care of. You you go. The kids and I are fine. Mm-hmm. And I went up to hospice and I did the overnight. That's what we tend to do is my mother and other people take care of the day when mm-hmm. nurses are coming in and, you know, the doctors and all of them. And I do the overnight, the very long 12 hours when we don't mm-hmm. see anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I like those. They're nice and quiet and I can work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I was sitting there and I realized because I was working on something else, it was like, create your perfect dream day. And I was like, I already did that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And then I thought about the one from 2014 and I realized, I was like, I'm living my perfect day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm literally sitting in hospice watching my uncle die, but mm-hmm. I'm living my perfect day that I created in 2014. Yeah. Like I have the flexibility now. I have the business that I can do from anywhere and I can rearrange everything at the drop of a hat. You know, the only external schedule that I had to keep was the school, but our administration staff at the school is incredible. And she, of course, knew that my uncle's dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had already covered both my mom and my classes so that we could be at the hospice. So, you know, it, the, I didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah. All the systems, all the organization, everything was in place. Awesome. And I could just focus on him. And I texted Keith, like in the middle of the night, I was like, guess what? I, I just had this realization. <laughs> and he was like, that is a really weird, odd realization. And it's really weird. That, that is our definition of success. Right. But yes, it is. And, and that's where we are, that we got to be debt free. We got to do a job now that I really love and can do from anywhere. Right. We have flexibility. We have the ability to just go live at the hospital for a couple right. of days. Right. So for me, that was very much a moment of success that <laughs> it's so weird. I have arrived <laughs> because I'm sitting in the hospice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, maybe I'm not making as much, you know. Well, no, I think, but I think the but, whole point is that success is different for everyone. And yeah. you have to know what that is before you can actually achieve it. I think, right. I think you have to know what you're definition of success is. Yeah. I have all kinds of future goals, of course, but to, to realize that I have definitely achieved that goal that I had Mm -hmm. was really exciting. That's awesome. Well, I was going to say that I think it's really important that like we think about like our big long-term goals, but it's also so important to think about those daily routines. And I think that's what we don't do a lot. And I'm starting to think about that. We, Jamie and I talked about that. I think Mm -hmm. in the podcast that we just recorded about how I really don't want to get up at 5.30 every morning and write. Right. I want to arrange my day where I don't have to do that. And in right. the past, I had my goals and that was, you know, what I did. But now I'm thinking about them in a slightly different way. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's actually a huge part of weathering the storm mm-hmm. is sitting down and analyzing what you actually do on a day-to-day basis and putting as many things as possible on automation so that you're not mm-hmm. thinking about them anymore. Right. And that... And and that's in your personal life, in your relationships, in your home, and in the business. Mm-hmm. That as many things as possible, you you spend the time to set them up and you put them into place. But then once they're in place, you don't have to think about them anymore so that you can focus on whatever the goal is without it becoming some huge inconvenience of waking up in an hour that you don't want to wake up. Or, you yeah. know, for morning people thinking that they can ha- they have to stay up to midnight in order to mm-hmm. finish things when mm-hmm. really they'd rather be in bed you know right whether you're morning or night owl yeah but so we also wanted to ask you what is the biggest mindset change you've had to make during this whole process well i would say that the very biggest change was the acknowledgement that the only thing i can personally control is me mm. that i had to identify my own negative thoughts and how they were holding me back from truly 
affecting change in, in my life, in my family's lives, in the lives of my students or anyone else that I come into contact with. Um, and once I really started focusing on growing and healing, and as a part of that, controlling myself, mm-hmm. then I began to see how much better things got for the people around me. Um, the more I grew, the more they were able to grow because I was able to point them in the right direction and help them think properly. Um, so even though I am the only one I can control, I'm definitely not the only one whose life I can affect. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's truly what I want to teach authors who feel adrift in the storm and unanchored, um, who feel like their lives are completely out of control, who feel like they never get a break or who feel like the next storm will likely be the one that finishes them off. (laughs) Um, It doesn't have to be that way that you can weather the storm. And I'd like to help you start making better choices in many different areas of your life Mm -hmm. that can help you not just weather the storm, but come out on the other side, successful, Mm -hmm. much better and stronger than you've ever been before. Mm. And that's really what weathering the storm is all about is changing that mindset. Mm. That's great. That's just great. So tell us what you think you've done to set yourself up for success. The best thing you think you've done to set yourself up for success. Choose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I chose not to let anything, whether it was my past, my failures, my weaknesses or life storms hold me back. Mm-hmm. I chose to change how I thought about my life. Mm-hmm. I chose to continue to grow no matter what life threw at me. Mm-hmm. I chose to turn every adversity into an opportunity, mm-hmm. not as in cliche, but as an actual measurable progress toward my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to wake up and I have to make the same choices every single day. Mm-hmm. But once you make the big choice that you're not going to let anything hold you back, then it's a whole lot easier to make all those little tiny choices each day that move you forward, Mm -hmm. um, that head you in the direction of growth. Um, And it's much, much better Mm -hmm. (laughs) to make the big final choice once. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's just keeping it in line. It's not having to completely scrap everything and start all over. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. I think that's so true. Like that one choice of not letting the things that have held you back in the past hold you back anymore. That, that That's a big one. That's one I struggle with as well. I mean, I think we all kind of struggle with our own, <laughs> yes. our own storms, private and personal storms, you know, mental yep. or emotional or whatever. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, where can people find out more about your workshop that's coming up? Um, well, they can go to totallynovel.com and click on the events at the top. Um, or if you're interested in the online course, which won't launch until April, um, then the waitlist sign-up form is at adrielwiggins.com slash weathering dash the dash storm. So that's A-D-R-I-E-L-W-I-G-G-I-N-S. Very good. We'll have all these links in the show notes. So. Yep. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been great. Thank you it's so much. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thank you for letting me come on and rattle on. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's been awesome. It's just given me lots of, to think about. So yeah. I'm sure our listeners are feeling the same way. Yes. Lots to process and think about and lots to uh, 
work out how we can apply to our lives. So mm-hmm. it's really good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, you can find out a little bit about the course at the workshop. There we go. That's the right way to say that. Um, that is March 20th, Saturday okay. right. at three o'clock central. Okay. Yes. Sounds good. That's correct. So four Eastern, one Pacific. Very good. Perfect. All right. Good. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks thank for being you. here. All right. We'll see you guys next week. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.